Coming up on BBP News, three mass shootings in California and more documents found at the residences of both President Biden and former Vice President Pence. Taylor Swift was a big topic of discussion on Capitol Hill this week. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode. It is Friday, January 27th. We're back with another Friday morning episode. Chris, start us off in the normal Friday morning fashion by heading into the weather headed into this weekend. In Los Angeles, California, it is sunny 70 degrees with a partly cloudy weekend. In Houston, Texas, it is partly cloudy 61 with rain throughout the weekend. In Chicago, Illinois, it is snowing 34 with snow continuing throughout the weekend. And in New York City, it is mostly sunny 44 degrees with a mostly sunny weekend. Well, Chris, we have plenty to talk about, uh, a lot going on this week. So why don't you kick us off straight into the news this morning? As lawmakers are bickering about how to handle the debt ceiling, we're losing sight of why we're dealing with it in the first place. Because our national debt keeps growing, and I know you want to know which president to blame for all the debt. So this is going to give you the facts and about how much debt each president racked up. And keep in mind, when that debt increased, Congress always increased the debt ceiling. If you look at the U.S. debt since 1922, you can see it's fairly steady. There was a bump between the 1980s and 2000, but then you can see this massive spike starting in 2001. Yeah, so we're starting here with President George W. Bush. And in the 2001 fiscal year, the U.S. debt was $5.7 trillion. By the time Bush ended his eight-year term, the U.S. debt was $10 trillion. That's an increase of $4.3 trillion. Now we move into President Obama, and in the 2009 fiscal year, or Obama's first year in office, the national debt was $11.9 trillion. And by the end of his eight-year term, in 2016, the debt was $19.5 trillion. That's an increase of $7.6 trillion, almost double what Bush racked up in his time. Now, it's important to note that both Bush's and Obama's terms were over eight years. When it comes to President Trump, who was only in office for four years, and he racked up almost as much debt in those four years as Obama in his eight years. Now, of course, you do have to remember that there was a pandemic towards the end of Trump's term, but also there were significant tax cuts that cut revenue. So the debt kept increasing. During Trump's first fiscal year in office, our national debt was $20.1 trillion. And by the end of his four years, it was $27.9 trillion. That's an increase of $6.8 trillion. Now, we don't have all of the data yet on President Biden. As of today, he's only been in office for two years. But in those two years, the national debt has increased from $28.4 trillion to $30.9 trillion, an increase of $2.5 trillion. 
Mass shootings are at a record high here in the United States. As of right now, there have been 40 mass shootings reported across the United States since the beginning of 2023 alone. That is a number higher than we've ever seen in that span of time throughout recorded history. And this has included five shootings in the past week alone, with three of those taking place in California. The first took place last Saturday at Monterey Park, with a gunman opening fire at Star Ballroom Dance Studio. This was where many Asian residents of the city were celebrating celebrating the Lunar New Year. 72-year-old Hokan Tran killed 11 people at the dance hall before heading for another studio, where a civilian managed to get the gun away from him. And to this point, police still do not know a motive for that shooting. The second shooting took place at Half Moon Bay, where the suspect killed seven and injured another in a fit of what is being called workplace violence. The suspect, Chun-Li Zhao, has been known for violent outbursts, receiving a restraining order from a former roommate in 2013 for making death threats and other threats of violence. Zhao was brought into custody without incident, according to police. The third California shooting took place in Oakland, where gunfire broke out from multiple directions during the filming of a music video. One man was killed and seven more were injured. Police still have not arrested anyone in connection for this shooting, but say that they believe gang activity could be involved as the attack seemed targeted. The two other shootings took place in Yakima, Washington and Des Moines, Iowa. The suspect in the Yakima shooting, 21-year-old Jared Haddock, killed three at a Circle K before dying from what is believed to be a self-inflicted gunshot wound later on. 18-year-old Preston Walls is a suspect in the Des Moines, Iowa shooting killing two kids and seriously injuring the founder of an at-risk youth program where the shooting took place. Walls has been charged with two counts of murder, attempted murder, and criminal gang participation. You may have missed it over the weekend, but the FBI searched President Biden's home for more than 13 hours looking for any additional classified documents, and they found some. According to the president's counsel, the search was planned and was done in full cooperation and consent of the president. That doesn't make it any less dramatic. It's unheard of for the FBI to search a sitting president's home. Now, when Trump's home was searched by the FBI last fall, he was not a sitting president. And that search was conducted after a search warrant was issued by a federal judge. Biden's lawyers say that six, quote, items consisting of documents with classified markings and surrounding materials, end quote, were removed from the Biden's Delaware home on Friday. It is unclear what those items were. Are they boxes of documents? Are they six singular pages? We just don't know at this point. But if you're keeping track, in addition to those six items found on January 20th, there were five, quote, classified documents found on January 12th and one more found on January 11th inside Biden's Delaware home. Several were found in Biden's garage on December 20th, and the first batch was found at his Penn Biden Center private office on November 2nd. All this is landing on the desk of Special Prosecutor Robert Herr, who will look into whether this is an accident or criminal. And it doesn't just end there. It happened again. More classified documents were found, but these weren't in the home of President Biden or former President Trump. A, quote, small number of documents uh, bearing classified markings were found in the Indiana home of former Vice President Mike Pence. It's unclear when exactly the documents were found, but according to Pence's legal team, the former vice president hired outside lawyers to help with the documents. 
on January 16th, and by January 19th, the FBI was at his Indiana home picking up the documents. And Pence's lawyer said that Pence requested his team go through his home looking for any classified documents out of the, quote, abundance of caution after the news broke of Trump and Biden's classified documents. His lawyers say that Pence was, quote, unaware of the existence of sensitive or classified documents at his personal residence, end quote. We don't know what information those documents contain, but we do know that Pence's team alerted the National Archives. The archives contacted the Department of Justice. The Department of Justice is now conducting a review, and there is a possibility that we could be looking at yet another special counsel to investigate Mike Pence. Presidents Clinton, Bush, and Obama released statements saying that they have no classified documents in their home or office. Egg prices are soaring, but so are the profits for the egg companies. As we told you last Friday, that egg prices were 60% higher in the December 2022 inflation report than they were in December 2021. The U.S. Agriculture Department says the biggest reason is a massive outbreak of avian flu that started back in February and wiped out more than 43 million egg-laying hens. And without those hens, you don't get the eggs. And without the eggs, the supply gets tighter. But according to the egg companies, the demand remained really strong. And using basic economics, the price for the eggs that do make it to market go up because of that demand and the lack of supply. As a result, that meant bigger profits for Calamine Foods, the largest producer and distributor of eggs in the United States. Their brands include Eggland's Best, Lando Lakes, and Farmhouse Eggs. We dug up the company's latest quarterly report and found that profits as of November increased 65% from the previous year. Between August and November of 2022, that translated to a company record $198 million in profit alone. That's on top of the $125 million in profit the previous quarter, which was May through August of 2022. Taylor Swift, of all people, brought together Senate Democrats and Republicans. The Senate Judiciary Committee is investigating the epic fail of Ticketmaster and Live Nation during the sale of Taylor Swift's era tour concert tickets back in November. Senators put the head of Live Nation and others on hot seat to try and get to the bottom of what happened. Of course, Ticketmaster and Live Nation merged in 2010, and today's senators were grilling them about whether or not that merger was negatively impacted consumers by shutting out all the competition. The president of Live Nation said it's not the merger's fault. Bots and scalpers were to blame. The hearing lasted for more than three hours, and not only were senators very critical of Live Nation's practices, but they also talked about possibly restricting consumers' ability to transfer tickets once they're purchased to cut down on scalping. The Live Nation president said that there are problems in the ticketing industry and Congress should step in with some kind of legislation. Taylor Swift was not there at this hearing. They discussed ideas like capping ticket sales and breaking up the so-called ticketing monopoly. 
Getting into rapid news, New York Governor Kathy Hochul says she won't hire unvaccinated healthcare workers despite the mandate being overturned by the state's Supreme Court. GOP Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene is angling to be former President Trump's running mate in 2024, according to two people who have spoken to her about her ambitions. All right, so for my good news story today, it's quick, but it is touching nonetheless. So in Wales, there was a father watching his daughter go through a a rather tough situation, to say the very least, as she determined that she would have to have both kidneys removed. And so she was sitting on the wait list for a transplant and thus sitting on a dialysis machine for 10 hours a night. And this went on for months. Now, she did eventually get the transplant. Her father did sign up to be a donor, but they determined that he wouldn't be a good match. But she did get the transplant a few months later. And when all of it was said and done, her father decided that he wanted to stay on the list uh, to be a donor because he was able to see how much of a difference it made, um, you know, for someone that donated their kidney to his daughter and saved her life and allowed her to continue leading a happy and healthy life. And so he stayed on the list. And then just before Christmas, he donated a kidney to someone in need. So someone for basically a Christmas present was able to get a new kidney to help save their lives and this father uh, was able to return the favor or pass on the favor pay it forward uh, just the way someone did for his daughter nick that's a great good news story thank you for sharing that with all of us i i love it that is the end of this friday morning news episode we will be back here sunday morning for what to expect for the week of january 29th and then monday morning with a news episode until then everybody enjoy your weekend bye guys (laughs) 